So I think the most important thing that people need to know is they are not alone in their feelings and that this is an issue for so many people. But what I think people can do and what I see helps my clients is going into situations being prepared. And that doesn't just mean being prepared with the questions they know you that they're going to ask you. It's being prepared with answers for those questions you don't want to answer, what I call gotcha questions. So instead of walking into an interview thinking, oh my gosh, I hope they never ask me about this. I hope that they don't bring this up. If you're dealing with a crisis within your company, there's a really good chance that when you step into that studio, the first thing that they're going to ask you is what's the latest, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what happened? Why did it happen? And if you were just sitting during an interview, holding your breath the whole time, you are already coming from a place of fear and anxiety versus if you make a list of all of the things that you hope someone never asks you and you craft answers that you feel comfortable delivering for each of those questions, then you're like, wait, it doesn't matter if they ask me this question. I know exactly how I'm going to handle myself. And I think that gives people a lot more confidence. Welcome to Freedom Slay Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Now tell me, do you dread public speaking? I'm sure you said yes, majority of people do. Do you worry that if you get press, you know, or if they called you, you wouldn't have the perfect thing to say to them? Well, if you answer yes to either of those questions, you're in luck because on this episode, our guest Jessica Abo will dive into all of that and more. It's so good. I promise you. You'll get some tangible takeaways to develop the confidence you need to no longer fear or dread public speaking, a huge thing, right? So that you can take your brand and business to the next level. And we're going to dive into creating sound bites for television, building confidence in interviews and strategies to dodge the questions you don't want to answer and how to pivot the conversation to where you want it to go. So Jessica Abo is a media trainer, storytelling coach, and award-winning journalist and so much more. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's an amazing individual. And she's also an actress who's appeared on The Amazing Spider-Man as well as Gossip Girl. So we're going to get into her story too. Now, I think that's enough of an introduction and I really want you to dive into this really helpful episode. So let's go. Hello and welcome, Jessica. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm excited to chat with you today because I think the knowledge, well, not that I think, I know the knowledge that you have so helpful for those who listen to this episode or these episodes, I should say. So I've already given a brief intro into who you are in the introduction of the episode, but I would love for you to share exactly like what are the things that have shaped you into who you are today? And I know that's kind of a big question, but if you can answer that, that would be great. Wow. So I would say a big one was having grandparents who were Holocaust survivors and grandparents who had lived through the depression. They collectively taught me the value of life and not taking anything for granted. So I think my story really starts there. And then my TV career was a really challenging one. I knew I wanted to go into TV news and the talk show world from the time I was nine years old. 
And everything that I did was to reach that goal. So I went to journalism school. I went to graduate school. I moved around the country as a reporter and an anchor. I lived in small markets, media markets, big markets, and really put everything else on hold to pursue this dream. And it didn't always work out the way I wanted it to work out. I always felt like I was the underdog and had a fight for every inch. So I think a lot of that journey also shaped who I am. And then I would say getting married and becoming a mom also has been huge in developing the person I am today and how I parent and how my husband and I operate as a unit. I think so much of how we build our family comes down to love and trust and honesty and communication and respect to the point that my four-year-old was upset about something this week and she expressed herself so beautifully and the other person who upset her apologized. And I was so impressed that she could put these words and feelings together at four and just feel like all of the work that my husband and I put into learning how to be the kind of parents we want to be is really starting to reveal itself. So I think, you know, family being the underdog and raising a family all shaped me into the person I am now. Oh my goodness. I love that. I loved all of it. And (laughs) even the four-year-old, it sounds like she has better communication skills than many adults. So kudos to you and her. (laughs) Thank you. She really does. It was, I mean, my husband and I just sat there. We were just stunned because she said what she felt. She explained why she felt that way. And when this other person made an excuse, instead of just apologizing, she just said, you could have done it differently. (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. It was pretty great to see because, you know, we want to raise strong women. I know you have a daughter too. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Oh my goodness. I want to meet her now. (laughs) She sounds amazing. And you mentioned being a broadcaster. I didn't know that piece. Like where was that? And when were you doing that? Like what year? Take us back. Sure. So I wanted to be a talk show host from the time I was nine years old. So everything that I did in school, I turned every book report, oral presentation into some sort of broadcaster talk show episode. And I ended up going to Northwestern Journalism School. It was called the Medill School of Journalism for college and graduate school. And then after I graduated, I worked for a local edition of CNN Headline News in Pennsylvania Then I went to Burlington, Vermont, where I worked for a CBS affiliate for two years. And then I went to New York, where I worked for New York One as a reporter and anchor for 10 years. And then I met my husband toward the end of that time. And I joke that I lost the coin toss, but he was living in LA and it was hard for him to move his career to the East Coast. And it was easier for me to move my career to the West Coast. So I came out here and right around the time we got married, I signed a book deal. So I decided to leave TV news and focus on the book when I got to LA. And then when my book and daughter were both due the same day, we decided to just pivot a little bit again and focus on a book tour. And we just kind of traveled around the country as a family for a year. Oh, that's so that's so cool. Now that you've said it to me, I hear the anchor voice. Like I hear it. I just speak and I love it. Feel like I'm watching TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to get rid of, but you know, there was a, a thing on social media yesterday on Instagram that there are these two anchors married to each other and they did a whole podcast. I saw that with the baby. Oh, it was was so it with good. the baby? It was yeah, so cute. <laughs> but they do it all the time. But now that they have the baby, it's even funnier because I'm like, it's perfect. They think it was, it was 
amazing. So awesome. It was so awesome. So yeah, I mean, I definitely was that person when I was single and I'd be at, you know, a singles event or a birthday party, everyone be like, Jessica, do it. And then I'd be like, we're recording live from the bar where so-and-so is turning 30 or whatever it was. (laughs) That is so funny. And that explains then how you have your hands into all these media pieces of it, right? So you've actually been behind the scenes yourself. And as a media trainer, what would you say are like the biggest stumbling blocks that you find your clients are facing when it comes to that? So a lot of the people who come to me come to me because they have severe stage fright. They suffer from imposter syndrome or they have actual issues when presenting, like they don't know when to stop talking. They don't know how to answer a question. So they feel like they over-explain themselves or they get a question that they don't know how to answer, that they can't answer, that they're legally not allowed to answer, and they don't know how to get out of that situation. So most of the people who I work with are coming to me because they want to do on-air interviews. They are currently doing on-air appearances, whether that's a broadcast or podcast or they are people who are just front-facing for their company, meaning they're doing company-wide presentations or business pitches, and they're trying to be better. Oh my goodness. That seems like it's everyone when it comes to like stage fright or not knowing how to properly craft something or skirt around something they know they cannot speak about. Like That takes skill. So what do you say to someone who can't speak on something like how do they answer the question and you know give the reporter what they want because I'm sure reporters understand too that some things are confidential for a bit right like how are they able to skirt around that while also giving the reporter something that they can use and work with So the way to pivot is to acknowledge the question, not to dodge it, and then move on to something else you want to talk about. So if someone were to say, Jessica, you have this online course coming out. Why did it not launch in July? Why is it now launching in August? I wouldn't say... I am really proud of my team and the work we put into the past two years. Like that wouldn't be how I would start that. I would say the reason why we decided to launch in August instead of July was because a member of my team decided to travel for a month and I didn't want to do the launch without her. But what we're really excited about now is because we had that extra time, blah, 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 blah. So if it's something that you can't even give that much detail around, and that that actually is true in life, but... (laughs) You want to just make sure that you are acknowledging, listen, we had this problem and we looked into it and this is what we're doing. Or I can't talk about the specifics around the problem, but what I can tell you is. So you have bridges where you acknowledge that you've been asked something, you identify whether or not you can give it any airtime, and then you get yourself out of the pickle by saying, but the more interesting thing here is, or what I can share is, or what we're really excited about is, and you bring the conversation really where you want it to go. And you had asked another question earlier in that question about how do people who have something to say or or know the answer, how do they deliver that answer? One of the best things that you can do is to repeat the question. So if it's why did you start your company? I started my company because if it's tell me about your media training course, my media training course is called go from camera shy to camera ready. Because what happens a lot of the time, especially when someone sits down for an interview is they are nervous and then they have to think about with question one, okay, where do I want to take this answer? And they're retrieving all this information from the file cabinet in their head. And it can be really overwhelming in that moment. But if you just repeat the first question, it sets your brain up for success to say, okay, this is my job. We're going to get it done. And then I'll be able to ease into this a little bit more. 
Oh my goodness. I'm learning so much. Let's play a game. Are you nervous to play games? Are you good? No, I'm good. Okay, Okay, Jessica. So let's say the question I'm about to ask you, you cannot give me the answer, but you're going to skirt around it. Okay. Sure. Jessica, super excited. You're about to have a little one. What is the name? Have you picked out any names for your baby yet? Well, my husband and I decided not to talk about names until we get to the hospital. And then I- You are so good. (laughs) And I slipped the other day. And it turns out that the name that I had is the name that he had. So we're okay with the first name, but we haven't been able to settle on a second name. So this child either will not have a middle name or we're going to have to figure it out in the hospital. Oh my goodness. You're so good. Okay. You are so good. So is that a true story? First of all? Yeah, that is a okay. true story. I'm like that, that was flowing really well. <laughs> yeah, we, that is a true story, but keep going. This is great. <laughs> oh no, that is awesome. And what about sound bites? That's a word that scares me when you go onto television specifically when they're saying, okay, well, we need you to speak in sound bites, right? Well, I guess the first question for those listening who may not understand what a sound bite is or why it's important, are you able to explain that and then tell us how one can craft a really good one for the brand? Sure. So when my book came out, a non-soundbite answer would sound like this. Jessica, why did you write your book? I wrote my book because I was on a speaking tour and everywhere I went, people would come up to me at the end and say that they felt terrible every time they logged onto Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter. And they would just feel really bad about themselves and their life and their career choices. And I thought, wow, I wish I could spend all day with these people but I can't, I have to catch a flight. So maybe I should write a book. That is what I would tell you at a dinner party. That's not (laughs) what I would want you to say if that was a question that you got, if you were on the Today Show. The soundbite answer, the little snippet of eight to 10 seconds worth of information that's tight and meaningful and memorable and relatable is I wrote my book to help people stop falling into the compare and despair trap when they fall in line and take when they, I can't even speak today. Sorry, this is pregnancy brain at its finest, but you do well. It would be, I wrote my book to help people stop falling into the compare and despair trap when they scroll online and help them take back their happiness in real life. So what I just shared in that snippet really gives you the same feel as that much longer answer, but in so much less time. So then that gives you the anchor, the host more time to ask more questions. And it gives me the guest more opportunities to cover more ground. So now we won't just talk about the book. Maybe we'll talk about what's next and we'll talk about anything else that you want to discuss as the host that now didn't get taken away by a three minute answer. That's so good. And is there like a formula for that? Or like, cause there are many people that do just love to ramble, right? So how does that person who wants to tell you the whole story, how are they able to cut it down like that? So the first thing I recommend for my ramblers out there is to take the questions you think you might get, or if someone gave you questions in advance, write them down and then write out your answer in its entirety. Get all of the words out of your body, then read it out loud. When you read it out loud, you're going to find yourself taking big breaths because your answers is too long. Every time you take a breath, a period should go there. Then after you've done that, highlight the key phrases and words. Do you have any nuggets? Like for me, it was compare and despair trap. For someone else, it might be made by women for women. Do you have a tagline for your company? Are there just nuggets or buzzwords that are a part of your campaign that you use every day? Highlight those because you want to craft your answer around those buzzwords and around those nuggets. You don't want to memorize full-on sentences because if the anchor asks you a question that you weren't expecting, or they ask you questions that you practiced out of order because they're just going with the natural flow of your conversation 
that can throw you off if you feel like things are not happening the way you practice them. So the best thing to do is get all the words out, put periods where you need to, to keep things tight, highlight those buzzwords, and then craft answers around those buzzwords and not full paragraphs. We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Let me just explain how great you are, because even these answers are concise and you're giving really meaty, meaningful information as your answers. I love that. Like the breath and full stop makes a whole lot of sense. And it's something that people probably wouldn't think about or consider. They just keep talking and not being able to breathe. Right. I love it. And I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but I did read that one of the biggest fears that people have, it isn't spiders. It isn't like a plane crash or whatever, it is actually public speaking. So, you know, whether it is in front of a television, um, an anchor, or even a live audience on stage, like how does one overcome that fear and build that confidence for themselves to be able to speak about the things that they're really great at speaking about? Just they get fearful. So I think something I learned from doing research for my book is the fact that we care about what people think about us. We care about our reputation. And as a result, it can be really nerve wracking to make ourselves be vulnerable and stand in front of a crowd. So I think the most important thing that people need to know is they are not alone in their feelings and that this is an issue for so many people. But what I think people can do and what I see helps my clients is going into situations being prepared. And that doesn't just mean being prepared with the questions they know you that they're going to ask you. It's being prepared with answers for those questions you don't want to answer, what I call gotcha questions. So instead of walking into an interview thinking, oh my gosh, I hope they never ask me about this. I hope that they don't bring this up. If you're dealing with a crisis within your company, there's a really good chance that when you step into that studio, the first thing that they're going to ask you is what's the latest, you know, Mm -hmm. what what happened? Why did it happen? And if you were just sitting during an interview, holding your breath the whole time, you are already coming from a place of fear and anxiety versus if you make a list of all of the things that you hope someone never asks you and you craft answers that you feel comfortable delivering for each of those questions, then you're like, wait, it doesn't matter if they ask me this question. I know exactly how I'm going to handle myself. And I think that gives people a lot more confidence. No, that makes a lot of sense because you're prepared in a way that like you are prepared for the worst, right? It's like prepare for the worst, expect the best. Yes. So you aren't as fearful, but you aren't over-prepared in the sense where you've created like paragraphs of things you need to memorize. So you get tripped up over it. So I love that balance of having the preparation there, but also having the flexibility to answer freely, depending on what gets thrown at you and in what order. And you've mentioned your book a few times. What is the name of your book? Oh, sure. It's called Unfiltered, How to Be as Happy as You Look on Social Media. I love that title, first <laughs> off. <laughs> 
it was fun. It was really fun to write. It's four years old now, which is very hard to believe because I feel like I wrote it yesterday, but it really just walks people through the different triggers that they might come across when they go online. And there's a blueprint for each trigger. So it could be, maybe you are not where you want to be in your career or not where you want to be in your relationships or in your level of community activism. And there are anecdotes and experts that weigh in on each of those parts of our lives with different things that we can be doing to get from where we are to where we want to be. Oh, that book sounds amazing. So I will link to it. I'm assuming it's on Amazon and all the places, correct? Okay. On on Amazon and all the places. (laughs) I will definitely link to that in the show notes. And as far as your media training goes, is there like a particular subset or group of entrepreneurs that you work with or specialists, maybe service providers, or do you also work with like product-based entrepreneurs and others as well? Really everybody. So up until now, I've done one-on-one coaching and I've trained everybody from senior leaders within the White House to C-suite executives to people who are starting side hustles in their garage while they're working full-time jobs. So it really runs the gamut. Authors, philanthropists. I love training people who have a story to tell and want to get that message out with out in the world. And then I moved from one-on-one coaching into group coaching because I was finding that people wanted to practice in front of other people. So I have a five-week masterclass that I cap at six students. And those are really fun because people get to learn how the media works, what makes a good story. They get to identify what their dream headline might look like and practice talking points around that headline. And then they learn everything from how to set up their shot and maximize their exposure and even get to practice with a real journalist at the end. So those are really fun and rewarding because to see the growth is exciting for me and exciting for the students. And now I have an online course that is available on my website. So if someone were to go to jessicaabo.com and go to the tab that says buy my course, they would learn everything that comes with go from camera shy to camera ready. And it's sort of like having a media trainer in the comfort of your home, be available so you can get media training when you want it, where you want it and at your own pace. Mm-hmm. These are all great. So before I even ask my next question, when you were saying like author, philanthropist, my mind goes straight to Marvel. And I thought of Tony Stark when he was like, boy, genius, philanthropist and gave like a long list of things he is, which is random. But <laughs> secondly, I know you are about to give birth. So are you taking a pause from that six week course and just through doing your online training at the moment or... Yeah. So yeah. my next, my next masterclass will be in November and I am okay. going to take a beat just because family planning was very easy with our daughter. It was not as easy the second time around. <laughs> so I think we are just going to really just acknowledge how far we have come in such a long period of time and just take a minute to enjoy being a family before mm-hmm. diving back into all of the work. I will be working with some one-on-one clients because it's easier for me to cancel one person if I need to reschedule or if someone has to cancel on me than it is to accommodate six people at one time. So the way I do the classes, everyone's like, oh, I'd love to sign up. When do you teach? And I'm like, oh, what I do is take the six students and I Mm -hmm. ask everyone to send me their schedules. And then I find the time that overlaps for everyone so that people feel like this is really catered to them as much as possible. Oh, that's so good. My daughter would not let me leave without asking like, how did you get into the acting piece specifically with the Spider-Man? Like, I know you said that the acting part was difficult initially, and I'm sure it is because, I mean, I don't know anyone who says that getting into the big screens is easy. How did that happen? I'm so excited to know what she was like 
who is that? I want to know. <laughs> and Gossip Girl as well. So you were in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as well as Gossip Girl. So yeah, tell us about that. That's exciting. Yeah. It was really fun and it really just sort of fell into my lap. So the TV news piece of my life was really challenging because it's really competitive to be a journalist in general and to be a TV journalist just comes with its its own set of, I wouldn't even say rules. It's really sometimes that felt like it was like the wild, wild west. But I would say the acting part was really just, I think, icing on the cake because there were people who wanted real reporters and anchors to appear in shows and movies. And they went to New York one and they just asked for some headshots and they gave mine. And in some cases I had an audition and in some cases I didn't, and I would land these roles. So now I'm a member of SAG, which is so much fun. And (laughs) I haven't had a chance to do something in years, but I do still get people texting me like, come on the airplane. I'm watching Spider-Man two. Like what just happened? You know? (laughs) So it, it was really, really fun. And with gossip, girl, I played myself in several seasons and actually became very friendly with Kelly Rutherford. And when I did a charity event to help people who need bone marrow transplants, she was so kind and hosted the event with me. So I have to say, I was very lucky to meet some really wonderful people getting to experience that part of uh, the acting business, considering I did not set out to be in that world. I love that. There's one question that I ask at the end of every single Freedom Slay podcast, and that is, what does freedom mean to you? So I think professionally speaking, freedom means I'm free from working for someone else and I'm free to work with the people I want to work with and I'm free to be myself because I didn't have the luxury of being all of those things when I worked for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think freedom for me now means I get to really just be who I am and offer what I love to do in a way that doesn't require me to ask anyone for permission. Oh my goodness. That's so good. That's like a soundbite in and of itself, but <laughs> yes, certainly not asking for permission. And you're able to do that even now, because you are taking that short break until November with your course as well, which is really great. And I just want to thank you, Jessica, because you've been able to share so much information in such a short period of time that I'm sure our listeners are going to be able to walk away with. And it's my hope that they do visit your website and start looking at what you have available, because I know that just from this interview alone, you have some invaluable information that's going to help grow their confidence as well as their businesses. Oh, I really appreciate you having me. And if someone feels like they are one step away from being ready to put themselves out there, but they want to start pitching themselves to the media, I do have a free guide. It's called get press with Jess, and you can download that from my website also. And that just has a lot of tips and tricks from the perspective of someone who has been pitched for 20 plus years from publicists and from people who want to be featured in the media. And then also from the perspective of someone who, when my book came out, hired a publicist and then had to be the person people were pitching. So I try to share as much as I could in there and make it free to help people get started from the comfort of their own home during their lunch break, if they're still working remotely, or if they're trying to figure out their next move in their pajamas, whatever it might be. That's so great. And where can people find you on social? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Where can they find you there? I'm at Jessica Abo on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and at Jessica Abo TV on Instagram. And I spend the most time on Instagram. What can I say? As I get older, I feel like I'm online less and less and less, (laughs) but I probably need to be online more and more and more. But if people want to find me, they can also email me through my website too. And that's JessicaAbo.com. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on and I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Wasn't that a helpful episode? Did you learn anything new? Let me know. Let us know. Tag us over on Instagram. Make sure you screenshot this episode. If you've made it this far, that means you enjoyed it. Tag me over on Gainete on Instagram. So that's G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. And Jessica is at Jessica Abo TV on Instagram. And that's Jessica J-E-S-S-I-C-A. Abo is A-B-O. So Jessica Abo TV on Instagram and let us know that you enjoyed this episode and we will chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. I see you freedom slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.